the Sports Scope, the most influential sports talk show in the nation. Stay tuned for updates and great sports content. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sports Scope. I'm your host, Robert Butler, on this. 10th day of May. Got a great show on tonight. I know we've got uh, got a basketball game playing right now. I don't have a lot of faith in the Knicks. I don't even know what the score is. Uh, you hope they come out and play with a little bit of pride and dignity tonight. I know that they, okay, and they're down by six at the end of the first quarter at home to the Miami Heat. Now it's five. Okay, well, we'll see. We, we shall see. Um, I don't have a lot of faith in this team. I, I just believe that the Knicks uh, have overachieved. And then you've got a team like the Heat that um, <clears throat> that has been in the finals just a few years ago when they won multiple playoff games prior to that. Uh, big experience factor. So, anyways, as far as the other game, I wholeheartedly expect the Golden State Warriors not to go out tonight. I think they'll win this game tonight. Handily, and the question is whether or not Darvin Ham will pull the starters. If, if it's 20 something points at halftime, I would pull them, go ahead and close them out in game six. But we'll see how that plays out. It'll probably come on about nine o'clock or 10 o'clock Eastern time. I'll get to watch maybe a few minutes of it, but that'll be about it. Uh, tonight, I've got Cream Blackston coming back to the program. I was real curious of what he thought. Uh, on on this Tennessee Titans draft and everything. But also, J.J. Redick, I'll tell you why J.J. Redick has been rumored to becoming a head coach. Uh, we'll talk about that. Plus, um, a trade talk with this Boston Celtics team. You know, just sports talk, not actual reports here. Uh, the All-NBA team came out today. Uh, Jalen Brown is eligible for Supermax, so that's something – that's food for thought right there. That's food for thought. Uh, definitely jump on that. But first, we'll go ahead and take our first and only break, get that out of the way, and we'll hit the ground running here on Sportscope. I'll be back in 49 seconds. Hello, Sportscope followers. The program has seen tremendous growth since going five days a week. I just wanted to thank everybody for your cash contributions and sharing the program uh, with friends and families. Just a reminder, if you want to contribute to the program, go to the cash app, the word, the cash sign, and sports scope. There are other ways to contribute to the program listed at the bottom of the screen. If you want to advertise on the program, go to sports, that is sports with an S, another S, scope, S-K-O-P-E, at gmail.com, just like it's listed at the bottom of the screen. Thank you, and enjoy the program. All righty, then I'm back here live. Okay, now I'll say this, folks. Um, as you all have heard me talk before on this program about the Boston Celtics, uh, their loss the other day uh, with, with this coach here, 34-year-old Joe Mazzula, uh, I just think that he is he's too young for this job. He's over his head. I said that before last night, okay? Last night you got a game five. You're on the road uh, against a, a 50%, maybe, maybe 70%. Joel Embiid, uh, you're at home, excuse me, to a Joel Embiid, and you're down 15, 17, 18. I, I just could not, you know, after I got off the program here last night, I'm hitting refresh on my phone, uh, Carlos. I'm hitting refle re refresh on my phone for last night's game thinking that I actually, um, thinking, Corey, that I actually uh, misreading, you know, I was taking some allergy medicine yesterday, that I was actually misreading the scoreboard. Then I realized that Boston's getting destroyed back there, you know, and I, I'm just thinking, man, this guy, this team is so far over their head right now uh, with, with this coach here. And now I'm starting to see that sentiment go around uh, the web today. I mean, it, it's just for them not to show up like that in the pivotal game five, uh, they, they are they are woefully 
outcoached. It's not even close now. It, it's I don't know. And, and some people are saying, well, Boston did come back last year, similar situation. Uh, yeah, they got more talent. They got more talent. They're healthier. There's just no excuse to play like that, you know. And now the discussion is coming up. Um, now the discussion's coming up. You've got guys from Fox Sports like Colin Cowherd floating out ideas that maybe uh, this is starting to look like a this is starting to look like a Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook situation there towards the end where there's some tension there. Uh, I could kind of sense that too the other day we mentioned, but guys not wanting to take shots. There's a lot of timidness, uh, timidness going on, but between the two players here and uh, now today, uh, Brown is now eligible for super max. He made uh, all NBA. So, uh, it's a lot to be thought, thought about, and he's also proposing. Now, Collins this big Golden State guy. What's great for Golden State? So he comes up with this wild trade uh, trade proposal, which is you know totally insane in the membrane. Let's see if I, here we go. He says he says so the Warriors would trade. They would they would get the Celtics would get uh, the. The, the, the Celtics would trade Jalen Brown and Malcolm Brodron for Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins, uh, a couple of average players and uh, Roga, uh, uh, underwhelming Andrew Wiggins and Jordan Poole, and then uh, the Warriors would get Jalen Brown and Malcolm Brodron. Now that'd be off great for Golden State, you know. So, but I'm, I'm more of a realistic. Um, person a year ago i would say this is not on the table for a team that went to game six in the finals you know uh jay uh, tatum is having a career year he's averaging about th- well let's get his stats actually 30 points now uh j- just an absolute fantastic season here for for jason tatum uh yeah yeah he's having a career year 30 points uh, four assists and 8.8 rebounds this year. Uh, you know, 25 years old, uh, really playing good basketball here. But I'll say this, he is a little timid there. Uh, it, it does seem like that Brown is the better driver to the to the basket. Brown's a very flexible player as well. Uh, uh, Jalen Brown here. Now, he's 26. Both of these guys are very young here. You know, 20. I want to say, I want to make sure I got his good. Yeah, 26 points off, uh, actually, uh, and, and, and 6.9 rebounds, 3.5 assists. So both of these guys are having absolute career years. But why isn't it not working? Well, it's the temp- who, who wants to be the man, Jalen or, or Tatum. Here, here's something that I think that, that would be good for both parties. You all know that I've actually brought this up a few weeks ago before the playoffs started, that maybe Luka Doncic should be moved from Dallas. And a lot of you scoffed at that and said, that's crazy talk. And I said, wait a minute, you can get a lot for Doncic. But what you have now, not having uh, – you tried Crystal Porzingis, that didn't work. You you tried um, Goofy there, who, who Mr. Unreliable but, but talented, uh, that didn't work, you know. So now I'm thinking to myself, you know, a change here could could do both Tatum and a Luka Doncic a good, you know, Kyrie, excuse me. Yeah, Kyrie's urban slipped my mind because he's one of the most unreliable players in the world. So I'm thinking to myself, you know, how about the Celtics just keep Jalen Brown and Tatum – now, listen, I just read you Tatum, 30 points a game, total career year, 25 years old, just turned 25, got plenty of good years left here. Then you look at 24-year-old Luka Doncic, who is averaging 32 points a game, eight rebounds and eight assists. Yes, those are slightly better stats. Uh, you've got about $9 million difference there in salary between Tatum and Luka Doncic. So maybe you traded. You trade Jason Tatum for 
uh, Luka Doncic, but you also bring over a Mountain Broderick. Uh, you have about nine million left. Well, it's twenty something, but you have about ten million left over. Um, the Celtics send four draft picks, sends four draft picks to Boston or to to Dallas. Listen, Dallas don't have nothing going on right now. Dallas is not in the playoffs. Dallas tried the Kyrie Irving thing that didn't work. Uh, Tatum is a very coachable guy. He fit in any environment. He can be used in a different environment. So let's go back to this again. Uh, again, you're, you're you're pretty close in money, about nine million dollars more, more for um, for for Doncic's contract. So I know these contracts have to match up. So you would send you would send Tatum and Broderick and four first round draft picks to Dallas. Okay, and you say, well. And then, and then you have so you put Doncic there and a Jalen Brown. There's no question Doncic is better than Brown. I think Brown would roll with that. You got more of an inside score, uh, uh, you know, more of a post up guy. I think that would work. You say, well, what do you think? What about Dallas getting ripped up? I just read how close their stats actually are together. We're two points difference there, and a points per game here. And you're getting you're getting the sixth man of the year. You're getting four draft picks. So if you're Dallas, you can leverage if you wanted to move Broderick in those four picks and get a better player, get a, a, like a B player, and, and put him with, with, with the Jason Tatum, I think that would work out. And, of course, Luka with Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart, they're thinking championship. Both players have a, a, a new scenery, and you've got some uh, opportunity there for a Dallas team uh, to get a player just – almost very close to a Luka Doncic. He's very close. If you look at some of his precision, as he's been, I remember Corey was telling me he had the highest plus minus in the entire league at one point this year. And Jason Tatum was also uh, sought to be a MVP front runner candidate at the start of the year. Uh, the longer you stay with the worst coaching, the worse off your play is going to be. So, uh for those of you say Dallas, that's crazy. You look a little bit deeper into the stats. They're very close in age. They're very close in salary. They're very close in stats. Both can use a uh, a, a new location. Now, obviously, they still got one more game to go. But you, you look at this Tatum Brown experiment. It's went several years now. You kind of hit a pinnacle here. You got both players in your prime now. You trade one or the other, but I was thinking you can get higher value back for Tatum, for Tatum, who is constant, consistently going up every year in his production as his confidence grows. He would be working with the Jason Kidd down there in Dallas, um, and then that would give him an opportunity to give them some draft leverage and a player to be. Remember, they drafted, they they got rid of a lot of their bench players in that. Kyrie Irving tobacco. So this is not a big drop off. And I think it would, it would help both parties. Now I know y'all think that's crazy, but Hey, listen, uh, what's working, right? What's what, what is here right now? It really ain't working. I'm not saying do it, but I am saying you, you, you put this on the table, you put trade and Luca on the, I, I put a trade and Luca on the table back in April when the season was ended. Now I'm putting trading maybe a Tatum or Brown. Uh, nobody's mentioned trading Tatum, but I, I do see a scenario where uh, those are very close in age and talent level. Uh, I don't think anybody is getting uh, ran out. Yeah, and, and Carlos even said looking for Tatum. That would change the team all the way around. Yeah. So you're 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 back, and, and you know if, if things don't quite work out, you can work. You can do some bench players to work out the salaries. It's not that hard. If you've got two determined general managers to get a deal done in the NBA, I know it's a lot harder. NFL, it's boom, boom. You cut a player, make sure you don't have too much dead money. But the NBA, yes, you have to um, you have to match up salaries. And, of course, it is what it is. Uh, Carlos says, Luke will be better on a Charlotte or teams that have young talent. Well, yeah. 
But Luca also, and then go out, and then if you're and if you're a um, and, it, and then if you're a Boston Celtics, you got to get a new coach. Go out and get a Nick Nurse or somebody. Okay, and I, they's just the black guy I'm throwing out there. Go out and get a seasoned uh, head coach. So, also in the news today, I don't want to go on too much about that. JJ Redick. Uh, JJ Redick, uh, speaking of Nick Nurse, his former team, according to Adrian Wojciechowski, he has been rumored to be a candidate with no experience, which kills me, but that's how these teams work. He's been rumored to be a candidate uh, for the um, He's been rumored for the uh, Toronto Raptors job. 15-year NBA veteran Adrian Wojciechowski uh, and ESPN analyst J.J. Redick have interviewed for the Toronto Raptors coaching job. Sources tell ESPN Redick was part of the first round of candidates to meet with franchise leadership. You say, why? Well, yeah, he's a talking head on ESPN. They see he's pretty knowledgeable. The guy played, uh, you know, played a Duke, you know, 15 years in the NBA, outspoken. Um, I tell you what, I, t- I tell you why they want to interview him. I, I, this is why, I, because a lot of it is guys are real timid to talk to the players. Uh, the players could be intimidating. And that's one of the reasons why, well, I've, I've also read that maybe Ty Lue may not work out. He may want to just get out of that uh, Clippers deal. Ty Lue would be a candidate. Why do people like Ty Lue? Because Ty Lue tells uh, uh, guys like LeBron, go back there and get on defense, man. Go back and get on defense. He does. He did do a good job. They had Phoenix on the ropes before Kawhi got hurt, you know, without Paul George. Ty Lue's a good coach. Ty Lue's a good coach. But my whole point was Redick is not uh, – what, what management saw is is uh, Kendrick Perkson, Perkins and Redick uh, kind of having a, having a dispute back and forth here a few, uh, uh, I don't know, about a month ago, probably. But it was for the season end. We're talking about the MVP. And Kendrick Perkins, one of these guys, he likes to get a hot take going. And, uh, you know, ESPN, they love to play that race card because it gets trending on Twitter, you know. And, and uh, whether it's true or not, just say it. Just say it, you know. So listen to what Kendrick Perkins he didn't think that he, he he's 6'11, he's big. He think he could just intimidate a guy like like JJ Reddick. And I thought so too. I thought nobody'd say anything. I thought he would be uh like that other clown that used to work with Stephen A. Smith, that young guy, uh, the boxing analyst that just says any kind of nonsense at ESPN will come, it won't push back. I looked up and JJ Reddick's from Cookville, which is here in Middle Tennessee. And uh, you know, hey, he's got he's he's pretty bold. He wants he wants some uh respect points from me. Listen up to this ridiculous uh, uh, implication by uh, the genius known as uh, Kendrick Perkins. I kind of feel sorry for him at first, but now I realize, hey, look, man, you know, if you don't got something smart to say, uh, you know, don't don't try to just play this card right here, you know. But that's what he likes to do because he wants to be, he wants, he feels like everybody else has kind of went their role. And he, he knows like Stephen A. Smith likes to do sometimes when he don't have a good argument, he'll just throw something out there, see if it sticks, it'll get trending, and then you get viewers up. So it's all a game, and that's fine, but it's it, I'm hip to it. Here's, here's Kendrick Perkins on why Joker shouldn't get the third MVP. He questions the MVP voting process. I want to say this is 415 here. For a reason. And so when I when I look at JJ and I hear him talk because he's so big in analytics and he's he's a historian when it comes down to diving in deep and going back into history and talking about the evolution of the game, why didn't he never bring up this in particular subject? When it comes down to guys winning MVP since 1990, it's only three guys that won the MVP that wasn't top 10 in scoring. Do you know who those three guys were? Who are they? Steve Nash, Jokic, and uh, Dirk Nowinski. No. <laughs> what do the, what do those guys have in common? I'll let you sit. I'll let it sit there and marinate. You think about it. Now, here's the thing. When Okay, so he's 
So he, 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 uh, <laughs> and, you know, Reddick had such a great comeback. I actually felt sorry for, part of me feels sorry for people who try too hard. So I, I felt a little sorry for Kendra. He, he, Reddick dunked on him so bad that I kind of felt sorry for Kinder 611, Kinder Perkins. Because I'm a nice elfin guy. But listen to J.J. Reddick's response. Uh, this is a longer response. Uh, because it's more uh, more analytical driven, you know. Reddick, uh, so listen to Reddick's response to that. Of course, we got to listen to this commercial. I'm getting this off YouTube. Go figure. All right, here we go. If I can get it going here without listening to 50,000 commercials, folks. Hey, Kevin. I'm going to go ahead and apologize to Burke because I know that he doesn't like advanced stats, but often advanced stats inform us. They provide insight. They often reinforce what we see. So they kind of complement the eye test. I know you're an eye test guy. It's a longer skit. Listen up. I might use JJ Reddick. I just want to react because I didn't hear this. uh, The idea that his teammates shoot good or bad shots. So second spectrum, wonderful company. They installed tracking cameras in every arena 10 years ago. And their technology has evolved. And one thing we've learned from that is we can actually track which players create good shots for their teammates. And Nikola Jokic is top five in shot quality created. So if you watch them play, Perk, and I know you do, sometimes you might not stay up late on on the mountain time zone, but if you watch them play, when he's deciding whether or not to shoot or score, he's often making a read that's what good basketball players do they make reads so if he's getting a double he's going to kick if he sees the help coming too early he's going to swing it to the corner it's a good pass what's the most efficient corner three in basketball it's a corner three it's look Perk, i want to i want to touch on something that they didn't bring up this idea that dirk and steve nash were uh favored to win the mvp because they're white um first of all you stop short at 1990 that was your cutoff point for players to win MVP, not in the top 10 in points per game, which is a stupid stat to judge MVP on. This isn't middle school. 1990, Magic won it. 89, Magic won it. 87, Magic won it. 87, he was 10th. 89, he was 15th. 90, he was 18th. Okay. Okay. We, we okay. judge MVP year to year. You also said the criteria or the – Goalposts change year to year for certain players. No, it doesn't. It, we it vote on the MVP. Hold on, hold on. We vote on the MVP based on that season. We vote on the MVP based on that season. It is a regular season award. Previous playoff runs have nothing to do with it. It's a regular season award for the most valuable player. Dirk Nowitzki. Led the league in win shares in both 06 and 07. Led the league in offensive win shares in both 06 and 07. So, yeah, he wasn't top five or whatever he was, top 10 in scoring his MVP season. The Dallas Mavericks were 67 and 15. They had the best record in the NBA. In 05, Steve Nash was the driver of the number one offense in the league, a team that jumped 20 wins and had the best record in the NBA. In 06, 06 to me is one of the weirdest MVP seasons ever. You can make an argument Nash probably shouldn't have won it, but he was still the driver of the number one offense in the league. The two best teams that year, the Detroit Pistons, 64 wins, the San Antonio Spurs, 63 wins. Guess what? They didn't have a top – their top scorers weren't in the top 20 in the NBA that year. So that was just a strange thing. You could have given it to Kobe. You could have given it to Shaq. You could have given it to Tim Duncan. They gave it to Steve Nash. It's not because he was white. It was just – it was – I just, it was just a strike. It was just, it was just, it was just, it was just, I'm just an idiot. And I, I was hoping I could get you with a race bait, but you just dumped on me like nobody's business. So that kind of confrontation from um, JJ Reddick uh, to a 611, Kendrick Perkins, that's why Toronto wants him. Now, me personally, I think that, you know, Get some experience, man. Get some experience. I'm not a big fan of hiring guys just out of – let him be a, a, a assistant for four or five years. But that right there, uh, 
you know, because players like to intimidate people. You know, they like to intimidate, uh, you know, use your size, intimidate players at the players league and yada, yada, yada. And and uh, Reddick wouldn't go hear that. Just like Ty Lue wasn't going to hear it from LeBron and have him go back and get on defense. And they played better. And and you, you see what I mean? I mean, he's a guy, he, he got in, got in players rear ends, you know? So that, uh, that's why he got interviewed. And that's why that they, they may consider him for the job because he's not intimidated by people like Kendrick Perkins. But, uh, I love that. Yeah. Kudos to, um, kudos to, Jack. and I didn't even want to play that at the time because I thought it's just nonsense. I mean, it's, you know, he, he's at ESPN. He felt like he was in a comfort zone of doing it. Uh, he's used to Stephen A. throwing nonsense out there like that. He sees it trending on Twitter. He figures, hey, man, I'll keep my job if I go, you know, use that, you know, uh, race card and all that stuff. And uh, it, it's it's one of the reasons why that uh, between that and some of the crap that Disney has pulled as a company, other than core company, that's why they've been losing jobs. They, they put up with that crap. But kudos to JJ for that. Um We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Uh, other than that, again, waiting on my guest to be here in just a few minutes. Um, Kareem Blackston. And I'm curious. I haven't talked to Kareem in, in a few weeks here. Oh, in other news, John Morant failed to make All-NBA team. He'll be in the eligible for Super Max. Well, hey, he missed too many games. My, my, my deal is there. So, um and Jalen Brown did, he is eligible. So going back to that, uh, hey, you put everything, you put everything on the table, whether you trade Brown or you trade Tatum. Um, maybe that doesn't get done. Maybe you get the right coach in here uh, next year, win or lose, and run it back. But it, it, I would try to go after Luca. I would try to go after uh, a Luca. And work out something. Maybe you can work out something with Minnesota, but I just feel like Luca's not doing anything there in Dallas, and uh, you're kind of seeing that they're just coming up short here in Boston. I'm not sure if they're even going to make the finals. Uh, the for what happened last night, the odds changed. The 76ers uh, now are favored to go in the East now to to the finals. I mean, you see how banged up Miami is. Miami's probably going to make it. Uh, I'm pretty sure they're probably going to make it. And it, it, uh, as far as the Knicks are concerned, listen, folks, the Knicks need another player. Uh, they they need some flexibility offensively, scheme-wise. Uh, that's some things they're going to have to address. They did win around. They did win. Uh, uh, they did win around in the playoffs, so it wasn't a total loss. For, for the New York Knicks. And, I, you know, I would try not to fire Thibodeau. I do think they have a good culture up there. Maybe uh, Carlos and I talked about this last Friday. Maybe they go after Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks averaged 18 points a game. He likes to get physical. He likes to play defense. He's got multiple years of playoff experience. This is still a extremely young team other than Derrick Rose, who's apparently in uh, Coach Thibodeau's doghouse now. Uh, but, yeah, a guy like a Dylan Brooks, 27 years old, uh, that would add another layer of toughness, and it would take some heat off of Randall. Or maybe you move Randall. You know, I think putting that on, and Stephen A. Smith mentioned that himself, the possibility of moving Randall. Uh, didn't think that was a good idea a couple of years ago, but this is the second playoff series, but he is way up and down, way up and down. Even Pickles thinks that Dylan Brooks would be – a perfect fit uh, for the Knicks here. Uh, yeah, the coach is going to respond. Uh, Brooks is going to respond to the coach. Uh, even Draymond Green likes the Knicks. You know, of course, Draymond Green is uh, long in the tooth here. So this idea, if you listen to sports, uh, people like Jason McIntyre, like, they, they actually don't think that um, Thibodeau is a player's coach. But from what I hear, uh, that, you know, Draymond Green's got a lot of respect for Thibodeau. And now I heard something yesterday, totally opposite of what I read a, a few months ago and mentioned it to you, that uh, Carl Anthony Towns was not a fan of Thibodeau. 
Now I'm hearing that maybe he would like to go to the Knicks, the Minnesota's Carl Anthony Towns. Thibodeau's that guy that makes you get something out of your, um, uh, you know, pull something uh, within yourself that you didn't think you had. Uh, remember, he was, he was a defensive core. He, he was on that staff there that won the championship with Doc Rivers with that Boston team, too. So he's not a terrible coach. But I do think he should get another assistant to help with some uh, offensive schemes there. Uh, and, and quite frankly, if they did change coaches, I just wouldn't go with somebody totally opposite of Thibodeau. Don't go with a Mike D'Antoni, you know. Don't not go with the Mike D'Antoni. I hope I hope Kareem uh, can make it. Let's see what he he has not. He did email me back and said he was coming. So I'll just wait to see. Um, I'll just wait to see when he pops up there. He popped up last time. We didn't have any issues. I told him to come in. Um, to come in uh, at uh, thirty minutes past the hour but hey hey listen you know uh, all you can ask for is, is to be competitive I mean there, there's only so many stars in the NBA uh, a lot of it is and the Knicks are up they're up by three okay they're up by three and let, let, let's see what Randall doing six points 18 for Brunson now Barrett's got 10 Grimes shooting the ball better he's already got eight points in the second half. So they're getting pretty close to halftime. You would like to see them push it to six. You know, you would, you would like to see um, the Knicks, you know, go out with a bang. Uh, I, again, when I first saw this series, I thought I was really down on the Knicks. Then I got to thinking there's only three games difference between the regular season wins with, with Miami and the New York Knicks. We know Miami's got a boatload. Um, Pickle said they're putting up a fight there. I mean, I'm looking at the box score. You're seeing the actual game. You know, uh, uh, a lot of talent there. They've got a culture there. Uh, you know, you look at a Pat Riley. I mentioned this before. Shaq, Shaq and Pat Riley did not get along because Shaq, uh, Pat Riley's got like uh, – Jeez, what do you call it? Um, curfews and stuff. I mean, he is really strict. You look at a guy like Hassan Whiteside. Pat Riley rolled that guy in the ground. And, and and you know, he finally got him squared away. He wanted to get away from there. But you know something when he went to, I want to say he went to like Portland or something, you would think he would shine. No, he didn't shine. You know, some players need that coaching I say Pat Riley because Riley's voice is all over. I mean, it's coming through Sprostra, but Riley's voice is behind him. And, of course, the ownership there has got Riley's back. So they got a good structure there. They just – they're another team. They're a rich man's um, New York Knicks team. They have scoring droughts, you know. They have scoring droughts. And if I've mentioned this before. Both of those teams could use a Trey Young. Now – if the Knicks got a Trey Young, Trey Young would have to have it make it clear that that uh, he is um, uh, to play off the ball, not to be a primary ball handler. That's already going to Jalen Brunson and Kareem. I see him popped up there. Hey man, how you doing? Good and yourself? Oh man, I'm good, man. Hey, you know what? I've been mean. I've been wanting to talk to you ever since that <laughs> Thursday night. When the Tennessee tight selected our guy, see, Kareem knows I uh, run into him at work all the time, you know, and I say, man, I sure wish Tennessee get that tackle out of Northwestern. <laughs> <laughs> what do you know, man? It's Christmas in April. What do you think about this draft? <laughs> um, it depends on where he's going to play. Yeah. If, if yeah. he plays guard, I would say that would be a bad, that was a bad pick. Yeah, he's flexible, and they've got him listed as guard, but they haven't started hitting yet. They don't know. The Titans don't know. They're, they'll have to let this uh, – I've got the roster right here, the depth chart in their quotes. Uh, Andre Dillard is still listed as the tackle, and uh, Peter Skororski is left guard. 
Now, this guy played left tackle. He played right. He played all over the line. Uh, very good run blocker uh, at Northwestern. More flexible than Paris Johnson. Uh, the true left tackle would end up going third overall to um, to Arizona. So, you know, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, but he was considered the best all-around lineman in the draft. And, you know, you had a guy like Daniel Brunskill uh, with them and, and that Nicholas petit Faree. I mean, that, that guy played right tackle all year. I didn't hear anything come up about him getting replaced, by the way. Uh, the Ohio State third-round pick from last year. So, apparently, uh, the Titans like uh, Pruitt Free, the, the right tackle that they got last year in the third round out of Ohio State. Right, right. But yeah. um, I'm still concerned about the center position. Okay. Well, Brewer? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Now, Brewer, now he did play last year. He played guard last year, right? Right, they're moving okay. over, moving him over to center. He's still undersized. Okay, probably for that position too. Um, he wasn't bad, but he wasn't great either. So, what do you think about Will Levis, man? They got him in the second round. I th- I think I didn't mind the pick. Okay, and I know they were trying to trade up to get him in the first the uh, first round so they can have the. Uh, Another year of uh, his rookie deal. Okay. Uh, I th- I think the um the eleventh the uh, when he picked eleventh uh, the tackle or the guard if they uh-huh. move him over to, if they move him over to guard it might it might end up being a bad pick if he's going to play guard because they said his arms are too short. Yeah. Um. But you know the guy that the Bears picked ahead of him they said his arms are short too. Darrell right. White. But his right. foot works great. Right. You know. And they and they paid a guy to play tackle. Yeah. So he, more than likely he's going to play guard now. He can he shift to tackle when that guy's contract is up. That that's a possibility. Yeah. Um. But like I said, it, everything dep- depends how the season plays out. The the uh the offensive the total offensive line is still iffy because there's nobody on the offensive line with experience. Yeah. Well, Brewer's very limited experience. That, right. that is true. Well, yeah, Dillard. Oh, it could be a disaster. I mean, yeah. you look at it that way. Yeah. Uh, I just I don't know, man. Look there's no leadership it. on the line. Yeah. Would you could would you think that would they bring back a Taylor Lewan as a backup, maybe? No, I don't think he wants to back up and um anyone. I okay. think he still he still wants to play. Um I would maybe consider bring, like I said, consider bringing in a, a veteran center. Okay. To to, uh, to back up. Even Pickles, he agrees with you. He put these type that down. Need to find a solid center. Yeah. 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 So I want to see who else. Okay. So they they took Levis in the second round. They took Todd J. Now Spears. Now a lot of people said, well, he didn't play with an ACL. You know, uh, I had a guest on yesterday, Rich Rich Ferris. He says, you know. Uh, Frank Gordon played with ACL. Right. I, I still, it's still a for what you need. It was a. I get what they were doing. They picked the best player yeah. available. I get that they needed a wide receiver, but at that I point, I know you say that. Yeah. Yeah. They, <laughs> at, at that point, if that was the best player available, then then so be it. Yeah. I mean, you can't you can't just pick any wide receiver and say, okay, now we got a receiver. If he was the best yeah. player available, he was the best player available. So um, I like I'm okay that with that too, man. I, I just yeah. think the beginning of the draft, they they kind of shot themselves in the foot, and it went downhill after that. Mm. How, how so? How they shoot themselves? So they they try to trade up for the quarterback, which they didn't get. Right. So they they ended up keeping the pick, uh, uh, drafting this uh, left tackle slash yeah. guard. Like I yeah. said, if he's playing guard. Like I said, you paid somebody to play left tackle, so you're, you're paying him to pay, play guard at the 11th pick, which is way too high for to pick yeah. a guard. You could have got a guard later in the rounds, and if you had right. used that pick actually to draft the quarterback at 11, you could have uh, at the in second round you could have went for a um, a wide receiver, which which I was I was thinking Mingo. Oh, okay. From did he got an Ole Miss, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, those old Miss guys—they've been sh- turning them out. AJ right. Brown, uh, right? 
the guy from uh, Seattle. Right. So in my the way I was looking, draft your quarterback in the 11th pick in the draft, go for wide receiver, second round, third round, you draft your guard. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that one makes sense. Now, Levis, um, a lot of people, I feel like the expectations are so low for Levis, man. For here locally in Nashville, the people I've talked to, that this guy, any kind of success is going to be Saul's good because people got low expectations. But, you know, there's some comparisons, and maybe he was Jay Cutler, uh, high end, maybe Josh Allen, low end, Carson Wentz, which is now Carson Wentz. That would be terrible. But a lot of consensus <laughs> say Jay Cutler. Well, Jay Cutler won playoff games, you know. He wasn't yeah. terrible like a total bust, man, you know. Well, here's the thing. I think the fan base wants the Titans to throw the ball around the field. Yeah. That's what they want. It's not going to yeah. happen with this coach. No. Nah. He's physical. So, he wants to run the ball. Right. If, if you like the coach, you're going to have to – to uh, know the coach's idealistic personality, the way yeah. he, the personality, way he wants to run things. So, yeah. if if you come to grips with that, you will understand why he's not he's not he's not going to. Th- I don't care if he has probably Aaron Rodgers back there. He's not going to yeah. throw the ball around the field. <laughs> <laughs> I love the guy. I, I think they can win with the Brable man. I mean, y- you look at. We talked about this before. I think, I mean, you've talked about it. The guys coached like 65 games. Tennessee's been in the playoff run every game he's coached. Every game. Right. Now, All that the way I don't to the care. very end. That I don't care about. I want championships. I don't care about the yeah. uh, winning the season, the, uh, the league, or I'm sorry, the, um, the division. Don't care about yeah. this stuff. Championships okay. are bust to me. But, um, but and I understand, garbage, I understand there's, there's levels to the, to the, uh, to yeah. the game, but uh, being consistent nine and ten, ten and nine, or uh, ten and seven every year, that yeah, I'm I'm sleeping on that. That that's just yeah, that's that's not good enough. Do you think they're gonna cut a player to make cap room for this class or anything like that? Do you think there's gonna be anything drastic done before the season starts? Possibly Tannehill. Okay. Tannehill gets cut after June first. They they lose, they lose the they get his money off the cap. Yeah, and you, and you get Levis the experience that he needs. So probably ten, more more likely Tannehill. Oh wow, yeah, man. If they cut him after June first, that would be something. Now they would save a big chunk of money doing that. Right, right. But that would be writing this next season off totally. Throwing in a, a Levis, who would you like to see sit? You know. I, I would like to see him sit. I think it'd be better for the team, but it, de- it depends on what you believe in. Some people believe get him out there, give him the experience, yeah. count on next year, um, and th- then you're rolling. Yeah. I and, I, and, I, and I also yeah. think that was the wide, the, the wide receiver situation um, Yeah. next year. They were, they were playing on wide receiver next year because there really weren't any – standouts and wide receiver in the draft this year for, for where so, they were picking at now this guy right. colton they did take a guy in the seventh round and you know the draft used to have i want to say like 12 rounds yeah you know back in 1993 and then uh between 93 and 94 93 it went to eight then 94 went back to seven it used to be like 12 rounds. So this guy that they got in a seventh round out of UT uh, Martin or whatever, local guy, he had 100 yards receiving against University of Tennessee. Uh, Colton, let me make sure I got his name right. Uh, Colton DeWell, 6'3", runs a four, four forty. He went to that small school seat. And you think about a guy like Cal Phillips. You talk about Phillips. You like Racy McRouth. I think that they didn't do that because they're seeing something in these young guys. And they also got another tight end, man. Uh, and I heard this guy was really tall, too. Uh, a good red zone. This tight end from Cincinnati, Josh Wally. Yeah, he, they um, they got he can play fullback, too. Yeah. So what and this is basically understanding Ray Vrabel. 
Yeah. He wants he wants big wide receivers because they can block. <laughs> well, you got to be able to block up field. That was exactly. Crazy. Exactly. So he, you're not going to get your uh, I don't know. Um, quick twitch guys. Yeah, your quick twitch guys. Your yeah. who's the guy on Cincinnati? Um, Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase. Or, you're not going to get those guys. Yeah. Right. They he wants guys that can block. So that but, that's why that's yeah. why you have your receiving mass. The guy you drafted this year. All all six three. Yeah, uh, big guy, man. Yeah. Right. All, yeah. All these guys are big outside of the slot receiver. So that's what that's that's Rabel. Yeah. But I, I think I think the offensive line down the was so bad. This has to be an improvement from that. They're gonna oh, run the ball. You can't get any worse. <laughs> right. Yeah, thirty second. I mean, they would just stay at thirty second, Kareem. Can't <laughs> <laughs> get worse. At the very end, that if, if that's the positivity you want to look at it, you can only go up. Yeah. <laughs> and well, I mean, think about this, man. I mean, this team—they were pretty close at towards the top at stopping a run. Remember, they had Landry there. He got yeah. hurt early. It was a lot of the secondary. You never uh, race it. What's this guy, McCrary? You see this McQuarrie, uh, first-year guy out of – you said you liked him, too, at corner. Uh, he's the uh, – uh, let me make sure I got his name. Roger Roger McQuarrie uh, from uh, Auburn. He was the first-year cornerback there. And you got Fulton. Now, Fulton hurt a lot. They've moved Caleb Farley up to second stream. Now, I don't know if that's – Coincidence, Farley was third string at one time. So you don't know if these guys may take another step, man, and become more mature and play out. Sorry about that. My my I, screen's acting up. I don't I don't see Farley actually on um he doesn't exist right now. <laughs> so um, until he proves me wrong, yeah, he doesn't he doesn't exist right now. He, um, he's basically they kind of they kind of told you last year when they benched him he was unplayable. Yeah. So, so unless he pro- until he proves me wrong this year, the cornerback is a big problem on this team. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, I mean, I, I do like Fulton. You know, I like Fulton. And, and remember, they they signed Sean Murphy Bunton out of um, Tampa. Right. They signed him as a free agent there. So, uh, you know, I mean, you got guy Jeffrey Simmons. He got an extension a few weeks ago. So, and you got Tier Tart on. I'm just looking at the roster as we speak. This is the roster I, I've got the depth chart about 20 minutes before we came on here. Dino Autry, one of your favorites, one of my guys. He's an unspoken hero for this team defensively. Uh, I mean, they still got a good front seven, man. You they know? do, they do. It's like I said, it's it's the back end that you have to worry about. Now you yeah. have two veteran. You do have two veteran. Uh, uh, line, oh, I'm sorry. Um, uh, what am I? Hooker what, and Byer. Yeah, Hooker and Byer back there. Yeah. So so you have you have those, but like I said, the quarter situation is it's in dire straits right now, considering who who can stay healthy and who can't stay healthy. Yeah. Well, you know Kansas City. I want I, they had a rookie corner last year. You know, right? He got he got roasted a couple of times, but they 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 stayed alive. I mean, they won the Super Bowl, so it's not it's not the end of the world. I want to have good corners. Uh, maybe they keep Byard. Maybe Byard's that guy they let go. Uh, well, you, you also have um, what's the kid they drafted uh, two years ago? Hooker that plays, that plays a nickel. Oh, uh, let's see. Let I remember see. Chris Jackson, maybe? No. Um, uh, that, 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 I've only three deep at corner. I don't know if he would be under safety or not. Mike Brown, Josh Thompson. Oh, well. That, that's too le- That's too low on a depth chart. <laughs> 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 he, he, yeah, he, he, uh, he played the nickel before McCurry got there. I, yeah, I couldn't. Uh, if, if, I can't remember his name, but uh, yeah. he's come. He should be back healthy this year. Okay. Uh, Do you like him? Intermediate routes, yes. Uh, if they, if he gets uh, someone goes uh, stretch the field on him, yeah, he, he's he's a lame duck. Oh wow, wow! <laughs> but he's 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 a football player. He's a good football player. Yeah. 
he, he lacks speed, but he's a good football player. And they like him. So, um, yeah. What do you think about to, Monty Rice? Have you heard of this guy? Yeah, uh, linebacker. Yeah. What, what's your yeah. thoughts on him? Uh, he didn't play enough last year. Okay. So it's it's hard to get a read on him. And this guy named Al Shazir. Oh, that's the guy he picked up this year. Okay. Uh, okay. Good good pass rusher. Yeah. Um, he's gonna probably take Landry's spot till Landry gets healthy. Okay. Okay. And of course they they're supposed to have Landry back. So I mean, the truth be told, if this line is 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 better, Elijah Moden, Rich, Rich is talking about Moden. Rich was on yesterday. He works with Cumulus and. You know, got some uh, connections with the team. I mean, this team can legitimately compete in this division if you really think about. It. If they keep this roster the way it is and don't cut Tannehill, uh, remember this team was a one seed two years ago, so it's not like they're total garbage. You know, no this this team can make the playoffs if I would say by mid season the uh, offensive line can come together. Yeah. If if they can if they can uh, stay five hundred around towards the middle of the season and then yeah. the offensive line can come together, like I said, they they they, they can they can't do no bad, worse than what they did last year as far as the offensive line is concerned. Yeah. So yeah, if they if they can five hundred middle of the season and then start peaking at the right time, then yeah, they can make the playoffs. Yeah. Is that good? Right is that good? Yeah, yeah. Is that good enough? I don't know. Right, right. And, um, you know, Rich was on yesterday. He was talking about uh, they're, they're going to get Elijah the ball. Molden, that's who it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Molden's not bad. Uh, Hooker's not bad. So the safety play is going to be good for this team. If he, the more yeah. you really analyze it, man, if well, they I keep, think we'll know early. You know if what? They keep, if they keep Bayer. Oh, yeah. That's a big if. Byer yeah. could be that one. You're right. I, I'm like you. Come June first, Rich, and Rich was talking about that too. They need more money to to sign these players. I'm just curious who may get cut. Maybe it's Henry. Maybe it's Henry. And that's right, Carlos. It could very well be uh, Henry uh, because you you've got this guy that they just picked up here. Well, you can't. The you other, can't. Uh, Tajay Spears Haskins is considered the third string running back. If if you can't cut both, you can't. You either got to keep Henry or or keep Tannehill. Can't do both. Right, right. Because if, if if you keep if you cut Tannehill, you got to keep Henry because it it gets takes the pressure off of uh, yeah Le- Levis. Yeah, Henry has a presence, and he still. I think it would be foolish to cut Henry. If I had to pick one, it probably would be the safety. You know, right. Even right. though I. Safeties and linebackers, you can survive. Pass rushers, middle guys. Jeffrey Simmons, I'm so glad they got him squared away. I, I think they should consider uh, moving Farley over to, uh, to safety. To safety. Yeah. He's a pretty good athlete, man. Yeah. So, tackle. so, I mean, you know, yeah. Carlos, two seasons. Yeah, Carlos, is he's hardcore, man. <laughs> <laughs> He's from well, here's, New York, here's, man. He well, has well, here's, the, here's, the, here's the thing. Everybody can't have a, a Aaron Rodgers. A That's Tom true, Brady. right? It's, it's just the way it is. So you have what you have. You have to be happy yeah. with your, what you have. Can't can't That's have – yeah, every, every team can't have a, a Tom Brady. Right. You're upset because they don't have enough receivers, right? No, not really. Okay. Um, like I said, like I, said I, I understand Rabel. Okay. I, 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 he, he doesn't – like uh, John Robson didn't worry about the offensive line. Yeah, does, is not too concerned about the, with the receivers. So, so, are you are you still in on Vrabel? Or are you out on Vrabel? No, I'm, I'm still in on Vrabel. He's, okay, he's, he's, okay. He's, I was yeah. just making sure because you sound like he's like, man, I, I might be out on Vrabel. No, I just I understand. I understand him. Okay. Well, I think I understand him. <laughs> I think they can win with Vrabel, man. I just think he put, and, and I'm not a big defense. I'm like you. I want my team to be physical, but I also want a team that's not too uh, mule-headed and and, and and doesn't take care of the quarterback. Defensive-minded head coaches, they tend, tend to, uh, you know, they don't want to take care of the quarterback. They want to go all defense, 
all the time, and they don't want to take care of the quarterback when, you know, an offensive coaches, like, for example, um, Jordan Addison, the wide receiver, was drafted. Uh, well, Minnesota, Minnesota's 31st in defense last year. They took yeah. a receiver in the first. That That's that's the O'Donnell or whatever his name is. That's his offensive-minded coach uh, way of thinking instead of going out and getting a tackle or a cornerback. Go figure. Well, you can't say that about Vrabel because they drafted all offensive players this year. Right, right. <laughs> I like, you know, Carthon. Now, remember Carthon, he drafted uh, – he was a big part of drafting Kittle in that fifth round. So, you know. Yeah, um – yeah, the tight the tight the tight ends. Um, that's that's a big if right now. I would say. You, yeah. You're you're relying on a, sec, a, a second year player and who else they pick up? I guess in the off season and I'm not going to count the rookie yet. So. Yeah, Josh Wiley's considered second. Yeah. A uh I, I mean, I love that guy. I think he's I think he's going to be great next year. Yeah. He was. So they're they're going to be relying on. He's basically their second receiver right now. Yeah, and you said you – didn't you tell me you did like Cal Phillips, right? Yeah. Until yeah. he got hurt. Now, he, he did have one fumble, but, you know, everybody has that. Yeah, yeah two, was it two two consecutive fumbles on a kickoff return? Yeah, That's just not- he tried to do and, – and, and Nick Westbrook Akinney, he he's like the little engine that could, you know. He's Rudolph, man. He's, he's, he's hanging a, he's a, Yeah, he's the third or fourth wide receiver on a decent yeah. team. Yeah, yeah. So I mean I'm okay with it, man. I mean, and they they signed Chris Moore here, so you know, in this Colton DeWell, this guy could be a monster, and nobody knows about. He he could be a diamond in the rough. I've watched some of his film. I'm like, man, I looked him up on YouTube. He's pretty good, you know. And then again, he may be a special teams guy. Who knows? <laughs> that, that's where that's where Vrabel likes to uh, test them out at. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like you, if that line blocks, I think they, they're right there. Now, right. If I had to pick it today, I would probably pick Jacksonville first. I would pick Tennessee second in this vision. What do you think about the South as a whole, as far as the draft concerned? The AFC South. Um, like you said, Jacksonville, probably number one, Tennessee okay. number two. I mean, you can't, I mean, the other two teams have rookie quarterbacks. So, yeah. Okay. Unless uh, unless unless Minshew is going to play start at, uh, um for the Colts, yeah, then, that's true. Then, then you then you might have a problem. <laughs> they pretty they got a pretty good offensive line, right. I would say. Well, they have on paper. They didn't yeah. play that play that way on um in, in, in reality. <laughs> well, yeah, they had a they had a, a player that was behind that that you never know what that owner is going to demand. He's yeah. nuts, man. Jim Mercy up there. So they do they do have better receivers than Titans, though. <laughs> you think so? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, because uh they do have one guy that's more proven. I can't remember his name, but uh he does seem to be more proven right now than the Titans. Yeah. The Titans have, have one receiver who uh they don't know if it's a they're it's a number one or number two, and the rest of them are basically borderline uh, practice yeah. squad players. <laughs> yeah. Now, Carlos is from New York. Me and him went to college together here in Tennessee. He moved back to New York. He lo- he has a soft spot for the Titans. He thinks if Levis plays, the Jacksonville will uh, Tennessee will still come in second. I don't know about that, man. It's a coin toss if Levis starts. Don't you think? Now, what if what is he saying is if Tannehill starts, they're gonna come in Michael first. Michael Pittman. That's that's who I was thinking. Yeah, Pittman's really good, Pickles. Yeah, I think he's too optimistic. If uh, he's too optimistic, I think if Levis plays. Oh yeah, yeah, he's he's still a rookie. Tennessee, Tennessee may be third or fourth if Levis starts. You know. Yeah, we, we all we all we all get excited about the new girlfriend. That's, <laughs> that's right. Everybody <laughs> likes the backup quarterback, right? <laughs> Definitely come back on the program if something big happens, particularly around June. You're right, around June 1st, you know, you and Rich. Uh, if something happens, man, I hope you come back. We'll have to analyze this thing. Oh, definitely, definitely. I'm, I'm glad to be here. Yeah. All right, man. And thanks, everybody. Appreciate it, uh, Kareem. Stay in touch, man. Oh, I sure will. Thank you. You too. All right, buddy. See ya. 
All right, everybody. I, I want to thank you all tonight. I will be back on tomorrow with John Rostano. We'll talk about the Bears and we'll talk about the Bills. I'll get his thoughts on the playoffs and more. I'm going to get off here and watch the rest of this next game or possibly their season, everybody. And I'll see you tomorrow, same time, same place here on Sports Scope.